0: A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian
1: topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview.
2: Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses. Through which we frame all of reality. Welcome to episode 30 of the Black Maria podcast. I'm Demi. <laughs> I'm sitting here with Israel and Richard. Yo, yo, yo. A uh, very hot Saturday. <laughs> yo, <yeah. laughs> um But how are you guys doing? You well? Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm
1: good. I'm good. What have you man been up
2: to? Um, It's been a very busy week. So I had football this morning. Thankfully, mm. the team came through. I tried to cost them the victory, but we'll leave that we we'll leave that out for yeah, now. We still won. We still won. Um, had a sports day at my local church this week as well. Mm. Very draining, and now now I'm I'm off my six months sabbatical. I'm back to being busy on a daily ah. basis. No, that's good, man. That's Yeah. Good. How that's about good. you as well?
0: Um, trying to trying to live my best life now because apparently I have to go back to work soon. <laughs> so. I, but I am convinced And I've been telling everyone this So if you've heard this From me already um, Shame uh, I, I, I think I need to be paid To live You know
2: uh, Why do you say so? This paid is to a live? good
0: life You know Yeah just be given A salary to be alive I'm a which, You know um, To pursue your own interests And things in life Experientially I think I'm coming to terms Of universal basic
2: income Look at this guy <laughs> oh, yeah. Um The worker is wherever his wages, not the slug. Oh yeah. (laughs) Spurgeon has a wonderful (laughs) sermon on
1: that note called The Sluggard's Vineyard. Oh, I've Wow. We're going there. What a sermon. We're going there. No, I don't think you (laughs) read (laughs) it. But you wouldn't be speaking the way you're speaking. (laughs) Rich how are you anyway? Listen, I had a good week. Um I had my two-year anniversary this year, uh, yes. hey. about a week ago. Shout out to um, life. I even forgot we were at a wedding
2: this week. Bro, bro. Bro. Yeah.
1: yeah, I had a wedding this week. Mm-hmm. Um was a groomsman there. had um sports day at my local church as well, and also won the football game this morning. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been a busy week, busy week, eventful week. Um, saw Hamilton as well, which was absolutely wonderful. Nice. I genuinely loved it. Genuinely loved it. It was... Um, it's based on the founding fathers of uh, of, of America, but mm-hmm. it's like, and it's generally like a like quite a, quite a black cast. Um, and yeah, I just really really loved it. Found it particularly encouraging. And I was telling Israel downstairs. I think one of the things that really gripped me was just the kind of legacy that um, that Alexander Hamilton generally uh, laid out, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 one that he left behind, and just how you see that. Looking back now, having understood what he's actually done, you kind of see how his um how the things that he's actually built up and established have now trickled down into the US economy today. Right. Um so yeah, it was definitely eventful, definitely encouraging and definitely challenging to see what, you know, what a man can do in such a short life and just challenges me with how I use how I use my time personally.
2: Mm. I think that's a very um poignant place to end like the kind of intro because we'll be speaking a, a bit about legacy today. Yeah. Mm. Um we're going to be looking at two characters who have recently passed. Um, Starting with Aretha Franklin, whose Mm. funeral was um, just this gone Friday. yeah, Yeah. And also Senator John McCain, um, who passed recently as well, and whose funeral is today as we're recording on Saturday. Mm. Um, But starting with Aretha Franklin, Israel, I'll just let you give like a short biography of her life. Um, yeah. And then you, man, better be prepared for when I ask you what your favorite Aretha song <laughs> is afterwards. So if you need to Google, <laughs> Google so now. Don't worry, dumb. I'm fine, B. All right, cool. is already <laughs> good. <laughs> That's what
1: you say. So, I'm
0: happy. <laughs> Aretha Franklin was born, um, sort of just coming to the end of World War II. Mm. II? Yeah, 1944. Yeah, World War II. Um, and so it was alive um, and involved the heart um, and the rise of sort of like the civil rights movement. She's really referred to as the Queen of Soul, which mm. is, I think is an apt, um, title. Started in the church, um, doing gospel songs, continued the, her gospel music, um, thing throughout her entire career, but really started in that, in that sector. <clears throat> sector, that sounds so weird. Started in that, in that world yeah. and, and expanded, um, into soul onto other other genres and um secular music uh, industries and so on and really built um an astonishing career mm-hmm. as a singer. Um she was also alongside her singing career involved in the civil rights movement her father um marched along with MLK and she herself was involved supporting financially civil rights organizations. Um there's even a famous Incident in which she actually says that she's willing to pay bail and post um, people who were in prison because of civil rights issues Mm. and who were in need of help. And so she was willing to support with her own money, Mm. um, the civil rights cause. And she would speak very expressively and vocally about her stance and her um, desire for justice for the black um, people in the States and for women as well. Um, Mm. She was, um, as we're going to come into the funeral, but as Al Sharpton said, she was a feminist before feminism was even a thing, kind of. um, Yeah, certainly a
2: popular thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. So she she had that dual name legacy about her as being an astonishing singer, Mm. but also a very vocal and active civil rights. um, She was an activist. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
2: It's quite amazing the stuff that you learn once somebody's died, because all that I had ever really known about Aretha Franklin's career was her amazing ability to sing um, and how she kind of transcended cultures with her voice. Mm. But I didn't know the degree to which she was active in um, civil rights work um, and her support of civil rights groups and particular individuals within that movement.
1: Isn't that generally how it always is though, or usually is anyway?
2: How do you mean just in terms of reflecting on the passing of somebody?
1: Or somebody? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think you generally tend to um, find people, well, find the, the impact, well, start to recognize the impact that somebody has in life after they're, they're actually gone because then you start to evaluate everything they've done, et cetera, et cetera, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um,
2: I it, just, it, are you suggesting that actually, I mean, maybe we'll get onto this later, but we could begin to appreciate people's actions yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot earlier so that we, we don't could. do this retrospectively but we're we're always conscious of the fact that you know people what people have done and are doing and perhaps celebrating it rather than waiting for that's, so a, that's a bit hard
1: I, okay. I'm, I'm not too sure I'm not too sure it's always so easy to see the full impacts of what somebody of course, has course, done course. until after yeah. you know you see the effects and, uh, and the outworkings of everything that they've actually accomplished Yeah, um, and also you just generally tend to have people who like to keep under the wraps, some of the good things they've done because they're not trying to seek out, you know, um praise or anything. They're just trying to do a good thing. Mm-hmm. And hence after they've after they've passed, etc., somebody's probably come forward and just been like, you know, look, this person actually did this, even though they weren't willing to accept the praise for it. Yeah. It's it is something. And you find these things like eulogies and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um so yeah man. Yeah. Fair,
2: fair. Israel moving on to the funeral. <clears throat> um I mean there's been lots of interesting Conversation about some of the individuals who took part in the funeral, about the presentations given on the day yeah, yeah, um, as well as the involvement of the black church. <laughs> um, I mean, how, how did you, how did you find the whole affair? What was your kind of take on, on how it played out?
0: Um, first of all, I think um, the funeral was very much a celebration of black culture and the black church. And I think Aretha Franklin would have wanted it no other way. Mm. Um, given just her deep um, deep, influence in the Black church and her, um, what's the opposite of being an influencer? She was influenced. Yeah. Yeah. Having been influenced, (laughs) that's better, by the Black church and then being an influencer in the Black church. Yeah. um, I I know she would have wanted a deep um, appreciation of the Black church to be a thing. Um, The singers that were there were just astonishing um we had speakers um from all different aspects of the of the black community in america and i think it um said a lot that you had people who probably on any ordinary day would disagree on quite a lot Mm -hmm. there to show um their unified appreciation for the kind of woman she was um i mean yeah
2: just i'm just thinking of a picture i saw I was watching a few of the videos back, seeing Bill Clinton sit next to Jesse Jackson. Mm. And you know, much of the discourse that has, that has tended to to, right. to focus on things like um, uh, the criminality, the penalization of criminality bills that uh, came in under the Clinton administration, much of the advocacy against some of that legislation mm. has been done by people like Jesse Jackson, like Al Sharpton. And yet you could see a video clip of them sitting side by side mm. wanting to mm. honor Aretha Franklin at her funeral. So I guess that's powerful. Yeah. Um, in and of yeah. itself. But yeah, sorry, go on.
0: Yeah, so just saying I mean along with that, just mm. the the people that came out to to support her, you had singers like the Clark Sisters who did an awesome job in my opinion.
2: Um I'm gonna be honest, I don't know who the Clark Sisters are, guys.
1: Mm, damn it, shame on you.
2: <laughs> what have they sang? What like a lot. <laughs> my I <laughs> said a
1: lot, but you didn't say a song. <laughs> or is a lot one of their songs? Like <laughs> I don't know them well. I don't know them well. Do you know them at all? <laughs> <laughs> I know they're five sisters.
2: Okay, fair enough.
1: Listen, give me some, give sisters. me some
2: Clark sisters hits or uh, um, you know, notable songs. Israel, you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing. At, I haven't even forgot. I forgot to ask you, man, about your favorite Aretha song.
1: Trust me, I'm fine, B. All right, cool. Israel,
2: Israel's really out here struggling. Google that right? slow. <laughs> <laughs> He's really out here struggling. Alright, yeah, but so go on who else was on the roster?
0: Oh. So you had um, people come out like Bishop T.D. Jakes Jennifer Hudson Ariana Grande yeah. Paul mm-hmm. Morton um, just a whole host of people in the black community so you only I mean, you mentioned um, Jesse Jackson and oh, I was about to say Bill Clinton <laughs> Not really, <not laughs> really
1: fitting the bill yeah. yeah, but he was there as Get well Oh, so I like, I like bill. Ooh. Um,
0: Ooh. The in, oh, my
2: days <laughs> Catch up
0: (laughs) Catch up Wow But yeah Like it was It was a real um, Testimony to The breadth Of her influence And the depth Of her influence In the black community At large
1: Mm. um, Without a doubt Yeah And just globally as well Mm. With the likes of Bill Clinton Etc Yeah No I hear that I hear that Some people came I heard a bit Underdressed for the occasion It's tight (laughs) What is with water the puns. The puns What is with, what with the puns that
2: Today wasn't even, I wasn't even That was I wasn't even meant to do, That was not even meant to be funny At all <laughs> I just Clocked like where he was going When oh. he said some, He heard some people Came a bit underdressed For the occasion yeah, But yeah okay There's been a lot of Furore about um, yeah. Ariana Grande's Choice of dress For the occasion mm. um, Considering the fact That it was a Funeral Right um, In the black church Setting mm-hmm. uh, With a large number Of dignitaries Both mm. present and Watching globally, yeah, free. Um, <laughs> I'm not that, trying to yeah, compound reasons, but yeah, just just um, she has received a lot of flack, flack um, mm. for her dress. What did
1: you guys think about uh, what she she chose um, for her attire? Listen, I, I don't think it's obviously, I don't, I don't think any form of clothing in and of itself is particularly sinful, yeah, what is intrinsically sinful, mm. not particularly intrinsically sinful. Um, it's always going to be context bound et cetera et cetera um a matter of the heart what you're trying to you know what you're mm-hmm. trying to get across with with what you're trying to speak through your for your dressing etc et etc cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff um but what i will say from the jump is that it takes a lot for secular society to jump at something as immodest and i think the moment i typed in you know Ariana Ariana Grande's you know um, clothing funeral. I just saw article after article. You know, just in uproar essentially at the at the at the the choice of clothing for the occasion. So I think it. I think it must. I think whoever you are, you must kind of look at it and be like, do you know, what maybe at the very least it was inappropriate for the occasion. At the very least, hmm. what do you think is wrong? Um. I- I think, yeah, so, so
0: I think I pretty much share the same sentiment. I I was thinking specifically along the lines of the um, appreciation and celebration of the Black church. And just thinking like, in, as as Danny mentioned, given the kinds of people that were present, yeah, um, some of the leading figures in the Black church and so on, and given the tradition of the Black church, I just felt like there was a bit of a disconnect in the sense that there was an appreciation of the context Um, so I'm not opposed to the dressing in and of itself like you said but I did I did really think um, you know probably not the best for um, an occasion in the black church especially an occasion where you're celebrating one of the key figures in the black church Mm. and the black Mm. community Um, yeah it's one of those things where it could have easily been avoided by just wearing something else that would have been just as awesome in terms of yeah. style and design yeah but yeah. that wouldn't have led to any of these conversations not that she isn't free to dress however she wants
1: but you know it's mad? That, that you know mad straight after you you say all of that there was then accusations of what's this guy's mm, name Someone, um charles ellis yeah <clears> charles <throat> ellis uh for, as, as to say that he was groping her yeah i watched like a Twenty-second mm-hmm. video. Sorry,
2: before we get into that, who who is Charles Ellis?
1: So Charles Ellis is the so the
0: the, the funeral took place at Greater Grace Temple Church in Detroit, mm-hmm. um, and he's the pastor or bishop of the, of the church, right? Um, but he's also the presiding bishop of the Pen- Pentecostal Associa- uh, Pentecostal Assemblies of the world. I think that's what it's poor. Mm. i trying to remember the acronym again, but Pentecostal asso- Assemblies of Something, I Think World, um, a massive uh, black Pentecostal denomination. So one of yeah. the key leading figures, again, in the, in the black church. Right. Um, and after Ariana Grande's performance, yeah. um, before she walked off and so on, obviously he said a quick word. And hi- in his saying a quick word, he grabbed her by the side um, with his fingers clearly pressing into her breasts. Right. And. Um, and was, you know, making remarks. Obviously in his, I think, his intention, I think he would say was that he wanted to k- thank her for what sh- he was, what she was, what she did in her performance, but no. it was a lot of uncomfortable- It was like, quite handsy. Yeah. She was leaning away, clearly looking uncomfortable. Yeah. Um He was very cheeky in basically saying that he thought she was uh, an option at Taco Bell. Um, when she when he saw the name Ariana Grande on the on the um yo. schedule.
1: For those of you who can't see Dami's face right now, <laughs> it
2: says, yo <laughs> it's skewed in one direction. <laughs> um sorry Rich, what are you gonna say?
1: <laughs> yeah man, I just think it's mad handsy. I think mm. it was mad like mm. I don't even brave is not the word. Like yeah, yeah. it's mm. <laughs> you know it's, like listen, it's it's not even that this is how he acts privately. This was like, on the oh! Like that's That's the kind of That's And it's, it's slightly It's slightly worrying To be honest in my mm, mind Just mm. because if you're If you're So Able Like to so be comfortable. So comfortable Yeah so comfortable Being so, so at, handy At
0: peace Yeah
1: On somebody you probably don't know he do,
0: Like he was even just, saying That I, I didn't know about your name Until yeah. I saw you on
1: the program Like yeah. you Like you You genuinely don't know each other And then you grab her And then you start making jokes About how she's an option Like Taco Bell and then she's trying to pull away and in like some like uncomfortable laughter yeah. and you're grabbing her and pulling her close again and not letting her go. Like, and then after you had the nerve to say, you weren't groping. Like mm. that's that's quite mm-hmm. like, and his hands were quite firm. Like she was leaving yeah. quite a lot. Yeah. But he he held, wasn't budging. Yeah, but he held he her was quite not. firm. Like I'm, mm. I'm not going to lie. It just felt very, very like unsettling to mm. say the least. Very unsettling, which is a shame. Because again, you know, we when we when was the lot we've it's not been long since we had another a talk and we and we and we mentioned yeah. pastors failing or um, mm-hmm. especially in like when it came to like sexual pu- purity in like the public eye like, right and yet again like a man you know standing in the public eye a black man a black preacher just messing up mm. so I'm, sorry
2: I just want to make it clear because we kind of segued into this after talking about Ariana's dress in no way um, do I think it was suggested that Ari- Ariana's dress- Merit. Merit that behaviour. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 that yeah, kind yeah, yeah, of behaviour. Um Mr. What's his name again? Sorry. Richard Ellis. Um, oh, no, Charles, Charles Ellis. Charles yeah. Ellis's behaviour was completely too. inappropriate, mm-hmm. um, regardless of whatever she was wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, you could clearly tell that she was uncomfortable and didn't want to yeah. be subject to that kind yeah. of touching.
0: Yeah. And there was nothing about the context that you've- like, the, you know when you try to you try to reason, you can't what justify. Kind of, yeah, there's 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 no there's, no there's no straw to hang on here mm. as to why could that could have possibly happened.
2: So, uh, in in line with what Richard had been saying about you know we've been talking about um, uh, sexual purity, um, past pastors failing. Mm. I mean, having seen a, a short clip like that, do you think that we're actually making any progress in terms of? Um, I, not necessarily the Me Too um, campaign, I'm, I'm thinking more along the, along the lines of um, women in church who have been voicing their concerns hmm. about um, sexually predatory behavior, um, both from people in office, but also from um, other men generally. Do you think that, particularly in church context, we are making any progress, um, with, not only with this conversation, but in terms of behavior?
1: I think there's a huge increase in awareness Mm. and I think that's important. Mm. I think that's a very good thing that there's a huge increase in awareness and I think that's why this got called out so quickly because there's a large increase in awareness about these things and and, and that's good. The second step is then obviously exposing the sin and exposing the, you know, like you said, the predatory behavior. That's... That's one, a work of grace, um, hmm. you know, for any of us to see any of our sin is always going to be a matter of grace. And and and, and so we, we recognize that that's not going to be an instantaneous thing. But what you also have is habits that men have, for a long period, justified, which are clearly predatory. Do you know what I mean? And, and, that's, and that's the... And it's trying to break down and explain to people, you know, from first principles, this is why your what you are assuming to be character Mm. is actually just a terrible and and just a a matter of habit is actually just terrible behavior. Yeah. I Um, think,
2: I think he tried to explain it in that he hugs everybody. And said there was no particularity with the way in which he hugged Ariana. If if I slapped everybody.
1: Mm. (laughs) 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 No, 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 but you got, like, I'm trying to go to an extreme just so we can can get it in. Like, you know, if I walk around slapping everybody and then somebody. You know, ten slaps down the line finally gets up and complains. Yeah, is my answer. I've been slapping everybody. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> why, like, like this why is, are you the this, one to complain? Yeah, why are you right. complaining? Yeah. The other nine were fine. No, they, maybe they're just still down. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean that what you're doing has been all right. Yeah, just because it hasn't been addressed yet, um, people might not address it for because they think that because they become uncomfortable or because they're scared or because they don't think anyone will listen or they don't want to look weak or mm. they don't want to do you know what i mean cause, kick up a fuss or anything like that but just the fact that somebody does address it mm. doesn't necessarily mean that everything you've been doing is justifiable um previously and i think that's where that's that's just one of my gripes with that kind of response yeah. like i hug everybody isn't in and of itself for good enough a good enough response to the issue. In this case on point, Yeah, that's a problem. Ezra, mm-hmm. how
2: do you think we're progressing in terms of that that conversation? Um, or, yeah, not just conversation, yeah. just in terms of changing behaviours.
0: What's interesting is today I was actually listening to a podcast, which I would highly recommend, the Ezra Klein show. Okay, Ezra Klein is the senior editor um, of Vox, um, V-O-X. Um, and he has an interview okay, with- Okay, sorry,
1: not to detour. but what's Vox?
0: It's like it's a I don't know what to call it n- news outlet, so you're like Washington Post, okay, and cool, cool, New York Times, kind of, yeah, cool. Um, and he had an interview with Anand, uh, Girid Jared Haridas, on the elite business world trying to change the world. One of the things he mentions, so the reason I mentioned is, yeah, is this is the point? Um, Anand mentions that when we look at progress in the world and we try to analyze. What it looks like to actually advance. So it's actually, more often than not, progress is always occurring simultaneously with decline. Right. That there are areas where we're improving, and then we spot other areas where we're moving back. And I think mm-hmm. that's an actually a very good um, framework for us to assess what's going on here. So I, so on the one hand, I want to say there is progress being made in certain respects. For example the fact that it's now becoming one of the forefront in conversation is an act of progress. This exactly. would have been something that was readily spoken about before. But at the same time, you also see um, forms of decline. For example, leaders who can do um, inappropriate sexual acts and not have a dent in their career. Um You've had the whole um, Trump election um, run where all these things came out didn't slow him down a bit. Right.
1: Um, there was a recent,
0: I can't remember his name, a comedian who, who left the commit, um, Louis, Louis CK. Yes. He's coming back into the comedy, um, circuit.
2: Yeah.
0: After leaving because of, um, allegations of sexual misconduct, he's like, I'm ready to come back. And he's already selling tickets. Like nothing ever happened. Just that ease of I'll take some time out I'll, I'll reflect i'll come back into the scene that that same issue happened with the roman catholic church when um the news came out regarding um the priests in pennsylvania mm. um that all of a sudden you saw priests who had um who were accused of sexual misconduct they would go off to a retreat center for six months to get their soul back mm. and then come back into the post like nothing happened and just yeah. things like that showing a form of decline like makes us ask the question, is any progress being made? So I want to say there is progress being made, but there's also a a very unfortunate um, stream of decline still occurring
1: at the same time. Okay. I think that was quite comprehensive. And so do you think progress is being made? Yes. Yes and no. No, I I guess that's 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 what i was
2: trying to say. Yes and no. It's caveated. Right. Um, Obviously funerals, sober as they are, give Mm. us a chance to reflect on... Uh, the words spoken in eulogies. And we had two very interesting eulogies. Um one given by Jasper Williams, um, not to be confused with Jarvis Williams, and another given by the Reverend Al Sharpton. Mm-hmm. Some people say the right irreverent <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't say it. I said some people I said some people. <laughs> yes. I mean.
1: Wow, no, 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 wow. Um, Should
2: we start with I mean who should we start with Al Sharpton or hmm. Al Sharpton was, well, Al Sharpton I feel like is, Yeah let's start with him Okay Because there's there's
0: more There's more interesting stuff In, in, in Jasper <laughs> With Jasper Williams Have a bit more respect Jasper Williams <laughs> just, I just I said it like I said we're bros Yeah 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 um, Like Jasper. There's a lot more Controversial stuff In Jasper Williams yeah, words. yeah So yeah with Al Sharpton He You know he gave a very I think it was a very Good eulogy in principle and speaking, he was speaking specifically, or primarily, sorry, at um, her legacy as um, a civil rights activist and her role in the civil rights um, community, mm. in the civil rights movement, sorry. Yeah. Um, and one of the things he mentions is, you know, that recently he had spelt um, respect wrong and everyone was making a scene out of that, but he wanted us to take the opportunity us being the people in the in, at the funeral present to teach Donald Trump what respect actually meant. And so there were hints of or jabs at the Trump presidency um, sort of laced within his eulogy. Um, he ended by reading a letter written by Obama um, to those attending the funeral and Obama couldn't be there. I believe, I don't actually know, but I believe because he was at John McCain's funeral, funeral in Washington, yeah. which was the day apart in Detroit, Washington, D.C., assume are very far apart um and so yeah there was there was a lot of like you know so um trump when aretha franklin had passed away made a tweet saying you know oh she used to work for me and i was and quickly corrected him saying no, no 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 she performed for you i'm trying to do the black <laughs> American, african-american <laughs> voice if you can't tell um, it's going horribly okay. wrong but it's cool um shout out to my haters i know you're hating um <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, go on, go on, go on. yeah she said no, no no she didn't work for you she performed for you mm. she worked for us and everyone just stood up so she performed me. for you she, she worked, worked for, for us. us yeah, yeah, yeah. that wasn't better than mine don't worry <laughs> <laughs> i know what you're trying to do yeah but yeah, yeah but it's okay on, on. bro i'm telling myself <laughs> <laughs> um i'm very you know being clear in, in terms of like i think sharpton would really wanted to make a clear statement that Aretha was for her people. Right. As in the black community. Right. And that she's not a tool for you to co-opt. Yes. Because she's now passed away and try and slip your name under, under the um, ballot as part of this group. No, no, no. You and her, different. Don't mm-hmm. get it confused. She was for us. She worked for us. She supported our cause. Not anything that you're supporting at the moment. So a very sort of clear political statement and stance.
1: Yeah, she essentially help to progress the black community. Mm. And essentially he works largely in antithesis. Right. That. And that's the, and, and I, th- I found it to be quite. He a, being a, Trump. Yeah. In this, yeah, in yeah. this, in this situation. And I, I guess, uh, I guess that's what, um, Al Sharpton was kind of mm. trying to mm. do too. I found him just to be wonderful with words. Oh, I'm telling you. He can you. speak. I'm telling you. I think there was one particular line where he was just like, he was explaining, um, how his mum used to tell him something about she'll meet him at the exchange oh
0: at the exchange in heaven and she was like what is the exchange and he's like and she was like when you go to heaven when you pass through the golden gates you go to the exchange where you give your crown and you get a crown. Uh,
1: no. No. By the way, and you know what's jokes, yeah? He took it away from me. Yeah, I know. Like, right? I'm like, I'm,
2: like, I'm going to let it slide. Yo. I'm going to let it slide. Your delivery was so
1: awful there, Take man. Take two. I know. <laughs> <laughs> His delivery was awful. Yo. Anyway, so back to my Can analogy.
0: Can the hate? Ba- back to my analogy. But, but, so, but yeah, my, essentially, my...
1: <laughs> what happened was... <laughs> He was talking about an exchange in heaven, and ultimately he was saying that, like his mum used to say to him, um, that when they get to heaven, do you know if I need a story? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure in it because you've got so this, I mean, haven't you? Rich? stress in it. But the long and short of it is the way the man ended. <laughs> yeah. Was sweet! The man is sweet. He's sweet with the words. I don't even want to plagiarize him. <laughs> you just <laughs> I don't I'll take two because I I haven't gone any shape. It, stop it, stop it.
0: She said his mum to him you give your cross and you get a crown.
1: I, it's it right down to the <laughs> final five words.
0: <laughs> I wasn't going to play anyway, it out so there wasn't an error. Anyway, but yeah,
1: and, and you're living it you know, with more vigor than you ever, anyway.
0: <laughs> but he, he really emphasized that um, given the cross, the suffering that she went through and, and he was trying to emphasize like, look, that you're getting your crown now.
1: Mm. And it was just nice to hear, yeah. you know, that reminder. Yeah. Literally, there is in heaven. There is no more cancer. There mm. is no more pain. There is no mm. more suffering. There mm. is no more fighting for justice. You know, God is ultimately the source of all justice. And and, and it was just and, and and He removes all our pain. He wipes every tear from our eye. Mm. It was that. It was a beautiful kind of. It was a beautiful way to to, to finish and, and and to end. It was it, yeah. was. it was quite. It was quite. It was quite encouraging to be honest with you. I'm probably gonna re-listen to it later on.
2: I mean, I guess my only contention with his emphasis on the trading in your cross for your crown was not necessarily from a place of, do I say Christian suffering? He was kind of speaking it from the vantage point of you suffered in this white man's world as a black woman.
1: I'm not going to lie. I don't <laughs> think cancer is a white man's
2: disease. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, <laughs> actually, I don't think he was saying that No, 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 no. But he, I know, he I know, specifically I, said I, yeah, yeah. I know at one point
1: He was like Yeah, she was a black woman Living in a white, white man's, man's world, world. But, but I'm not sure That the whole thing Was talking no, about No, fair,
2: fair enough I, 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 I can see what you're saying In there But I got the sense That obviously Because this was a Politically charged eulogy mm. You understand what I'm saying He was mm. taking Jabs at individuals
1: And a system I, I, that I, Franklin
2: had to fight through.
1: Yo, D. If I if I could if I could segue off of that, I don't know what part to segue off. The jabs, <laughs> the <laughs> the jabs that, that that a man was throwing, or you know, the the charged the racially charged elements. Where are we segwaying to, sir? Um the second eulogy. <laughs> oh right, okay. The second eulogy, please, somebody give me a lifeline. What was the second eulogy? Um Jasper Williams. What was he trying to do?
0: Oh, Jasper Williams. Oh, what, oh. how was he trying so to end? So the Reverend
1: Jasper Williams, um,
0: who is based in 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 Georgia, Atlanta, Lithonia, I think is the other place, um, or the Atlanta area anyway. He he, in his eulogy, he mentioned <clears throat> um, speaking about the tracing, I guess essentially the 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 movement of the black community. He starts by saying, ever since integration. That was the first line um <laughs> roughly ever since integration the black man well, has lost his soul and that now since integration we do not we no longer have any black fathers in our homes um, i think hinting at mass incarceration most likely um mentioning the fact that 70 percent of our children are raised by single mothers and he was saying you know these are Beautiful black women. However, it's one of the things he said. Again, I'm roughly quoting as a paraphrase, but he said, That um, "The one as, thing that the black woman yeah, can't
1: do is raise a black boy to be a un- man, a black man." Yeah. Um,
0: again, <laughs> really charged statement there. Yeah. And then spoke about Black Lives Matter, and you were saying people ask me, "Do Black Lives Matter?" And he said, you know, black lives do not matter. They should not matter. They ought not matter. They cannot matter.
1: They must they not, not matter. matter. That was his end. I heard that. Until, I, I was shaking. Until we stop killing ourselves. Do you know what's so mad about that statement? Mm. Listen, that's like, it's essentially saying that the the sanctity of life is embedded in hmm. how we treat or how we view. Um, hmm how sacred we view life in and of itself so it, so it makes the sanctity of life a subjective reality as opposed Ooh. to an objective one it's so it's so mm. it sounds so simple That'll and preach. it sounds like wonderful oratory but it's hideous theology hmm. like it's hideous that's a sham hmm it's an absolute sham. I'm hmm. getting nods in the room. Please explain to me. Am I, am I, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining
0: some some um, organ... Back me back. vocally, B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, some shamans shout- you know, just, just, it was just very, screaming. These nice. men are backing me with their heads. <laughs> <laughs> with their <laughs> <grease>. <laughs>
2: um, Richard's, Richard's point there is very, very good. It was hmm. very reductive analysis that kind of makes unclear a large number of important conversations that we need to be having about um, the... the, the points that black lives matter as an organization are rallying against i.e police brutality as it particularly affects um, black people now whatever side of the political spectrum you stand on um i think it's, it's it's a tragedy whenever a life is lost in a way that some of these killings have been unfolding exactly and so for us to just say well we can't actually stand for that statement that black lives matter because black people are killing other black people um, is wrong. Like Richard said, um, um, life is sacred because we are made in the image of God. And that's the basis for our understanding of the sanctity of life. Not that life is sacred because black people appreciate that black people are people. Um, Yeah, exactly. um, And so, yeah, I I didn't appreciate those points at all. The interesting point about the black women not being able to raise black boys as black men
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I I think I think I mean Richard, maybe you may be able to chime in on this better, but I do see in one sense the necessity of having dual parent homes. I yeah, that. that's a biblical. Yeah, the, the
1: biblical emphasis by is for, di- by design. By design, yeah. we're different because by ourselves we wouldn't be able to fulfill the full mandate required of parents. parents yeah um so yeah that's definitely a reality yeah and 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 i appreciate that much i'm not sure how much of that reality he obviously i can't speak for him and so i'm a bit more careful when dealing with that point but so i don't know how much of that reality he's He's appreciating when he says, you know, that black women can't raise yeah. black boys to be black men, because mm. in one sense, right, a black woman could yes. raise yes. a black boy to be a black man. Theoretically, she could teach him absolutely everything. She could walk him through, mm. you know, what the scriptures talk about manhood, manhood and biblical manhood. She could she could even take him to other um, men, to other men yeah. in the local church, and those kind of things to to teach him and whatnot. But I do appreciate there's there's something about living with a man. And watching him fend for um, his wife, and, and 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 work for his family, and um, and look after, and dedicate his life to um, to facilitating a a good God-centered home, mm. you know, and leading the home in in all sorts of godliness, and 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 showing tender love and care to his family. Like I think there is there is a a beautiful reality that can be taught via. The presence, the very presence of of that type of man, yeah. that might that you might lose, um, or that you probably will lose, actually, in a single parent, in with, a single parent home with just a mother, and yeah. so and so, I don't think it's a, I don't think it should, <clears throat> so I respect. I'm not sure of what he was trying to get at per se when he said that, but I don't think it should point to an inadequacy in the black woman that is in any sort of way, um, saying she can't teach, um, cognitively, yeah, um, a young black man. Yeah, a young, a, black boy, a, yeah. A, a young black boy. Um, that, I, a, a, that a that a black man can't do, that mm. can do, you know. Um, but I do think that in terms of leading by example, there are certain things that are probably, yeah, yeah, that she are couldn't probably, replicate. Yeah, she wouldn't be able to replicate by yeah. herself. You know, she can she can physically lead by example a daughter and show her how to be a woman, and a man can't do that. Yeah. Um, and simultaneously, um, yeah, she she can't. A man can't, do you know what I mean, can't walk like a woman, can't walk like a woman, and teach a woman how to do, how to how, teach a girl how to be a woman. But at the same time, in one sense, but though he can also, um, cognitively speaking, walk her through all the, all the concepts as to what a woman is and how she should be, etc., etc. So yeah, I think it's a, I think it's, a, I think it's a valid point in a sense, but it, it does depend on what he meant, right. and, yeah. and that is, that is quite important. I only saw a snippet of the whole thing, so I didn't see. <sighs> so I saw that line, but I didn't actually see the kind of context from which it emerged i um given the
0: context, I don't know if it was appropriate because it was it's the kind of statement that needs expansion, yeah, like so you what you've just done now is what you should have done. <laughs> But, but then given the context, he can't do did that. You, did you,
1: did you hear the whole thing or did you hear that? I heard, I heard uh, one of the, the
0: immediate clicks? context of it. And again, it was, you know, the immediate context being the decline essentially of the black community post integration.
2: But I, I think you were alluding to this more widely as in why was this, the time to raise this conversation? If you understand what I'm saying, as in at the funeral. Why was it Aretha Franklin's funeral? Right, but that he chose is, to deposit yeah. this kind of conversation—not one that's not one that's not worth having. But are you asking whether this was the appropriate, yeah, year, time yeah. To, to raise? Um,
0: it? Given so, you know the brevity of eulogies—you mm-hmm. um, can't exactly expand on your points. Um, given the sensitivity of the topic yeah like just even if you were doing a two hour three hour podcast on it you, you still like there's still there's a it lot struggle to yeah there's the history there's the theology there's the social there's just so many aspects and dynamic features to this topic that I just wondered why now yeah. kind of thing like yeah. you know did it have to be in that eulogy um, and would your eulogy have lost any impact if you'd left it out in my mind, I would have thought it wouldn't have lost any impact.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: He didn't need to say something like that because now, I guess, and obviously this podcast is a, it's a prophecy of that. It spawned a lot of conversation <laughs> around, okay, what does he mean? What, is it, what, what does it mean generally, apart from his words, just as a reality? Um, and there isn't a space for him. So like Richard was saying, he can't, Richard can't speak for him. Yeah, yeah. So there isn't a space to really understand what he meant fully, because it is it is a concise statement as opposed to an expanded um, dialogue, monologue, whatever.
2: So guys, thank you for listening. Um, just a quick word to mention, this is the final episode of season three of the Black Berea podcast. And we know a lot of you have been trying to reach out to us both personally and on our social media um, spaces, requesting and asking us if we're going to be doing any live events. And we're happy to tell you that we are currently working towards having our first Black Borea live sometime this november so keep an eye out on our social media platforms that's twitter forward slash blackbaria and facebook.com forward slash Black if you're part of the mailing list on our website blackbaria.com look out for something in the post very soon and um, we're excited to be working towards this and lord willing it'll be a wonderful time of learning fellowship and we look forward to seeing you so guys look out for that um, more news will be coming out about it soon back to the podcast
1: so, who's the second character, Dami, that we're talking about now?
2: Um, Senator John McCain, mm. um, who was from Arizona. He died at the age of 81 after a long-term battle with brain cancer. Wow. Um, this guy, decorated war hero, he'd um, spent five and a half years in a North Vietnamese camp after his fighter jet was shot down. Um, he during was captured. The, during the me. war, and he was captured. Yeah. Um, but... Almost 20 years later, elected Arizona's junior senator. um, And he then went on to run for president of the United States the first time in 2000, when he lost the nomination for the Republicans to George W. Bush. Mm. And again in 2008, where he won his party's nomination, but was defeated in the run-up run, run, in the election run against um, the first president of the United States, 44, Barack Obama. Yeah. Um, But I mean, even after that, he still pursued his political career in the Senate um, and he was really passionate about stuff like strengthening the military um, and immigration reform. Um, But I guess one of the reasons why we've been concerned to talk about John McCain, and perhaps it ties into some of the conversation we had about Aretha Franklin surrounding some of the discourse of of Donald Trump in his tweets about her and how he's tried to co-opt her for his own uh, emphases, is what we've learned from John McCain's political career and life, yeah. Um, following his death, so I mean, if anybody, I mean,
1: yeah. Um, I guess just as a briefing, from from what I've seen, uh, like the more reading up I've done on him, it seems to be that he was quite the quite the peacemaker. <laughs> is that is that the right word? Yeah. Um, I know that in 2013 he met with the rebels in uh, in Syria um, and that actually made him the highest-ranking elected official from the United States uh, to visit since the conflict began um, in March 2011. Uh, you know, I think at Barack Obama's request, um, McCain and somebody called Lindsey Graham uh, arrived. Well, they went to Cairo uh, to meet with an Egyptian, the Egyptian interim leaders separately with the Muslim uh, brotherhood leadership like this there just seems to be that constantly seems to be the theme of his life um constantly visit, uh, visiting places like northern syria in, in 2017 and, and and all these kind of places just to try and establish uh connections between the united states and these countries to try and uh help in terms of uh, engage conversation for things like the talks of peace um it was it seemed like he was quite influential in that in that kind of space which is you know quite a quite a wonderful like legacy to kind of leave behind when people look back at your life and they just see that you were one who was constantly seeking peace. Um <clears throat> oh on 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 on
0: on top of that following from that um his general theme or the theme in his life of civility and um sincere dialogue um was definitely something that marked him out um within the political system in the US. Um, He was known during his campaign, this was a very uh, prominent feature of his campaign, probably hurt his campaign a lot in terms of like, I think one of the things that did cause him to lose against Barack Obama was the fact that he wasn't willing to give personal jabs at Obama or his supporters.
2: If you've seen the, sorry, a lot of videos have been doing the rounds recently about um, Republican uh, supporters asking him at um, those those kind of like rallies, rallies. Yeah. Asking him questions about, you know, what do you think about Barack Obama? I don't think I can trust him. Mm. Not even sure if he's a US citizen or.
0: There's actually, so just to read a a short transcript of one of those interactions, Mm. um, a woman takes the mic and says, I've got to ask you a question. I do not believe in, I can't trust Obama. I have read about him and he's not, he's not a she starts he's an Arab and then McCain takes the mic off of her says huh. no ma'am huh. he replies shaking his head and taking the microphone from her he's a decent family man and citizen that I just happen to have disagreements with on fundamental issues and that's what this campaign is all about he was like the campaign is about the issues mm, it's not-, not about the people yeah as yeah. like, well yeah yeah and that's and that's a and I think for our given our cultural moment specifically, that's one of those things we need to keep in mind that issues are important. We yeah. should not dumb down in politics, in theology, in culture, we should not dumb down the issues that need to be discussed. But we need to be clear in saying that there are fundamental disagreements we need to talk about, yeah. but that is very different just attacking people and their personhood because we disagree with them on issues.
1: Exactly.
0: Just because you disagree with Obama doesn't mean you should, um, f- you know, drag him through the mud drag his family down say he's not even a u.s citizen because obviously what she's implying when he says he's an arab is that he's a muslim guy who you know like
1: the whole He's pro-terrorism etc yeah
0: like the whole trump thing with um not being born in the country he's illegitimate he shouldn't be like don't do that yeah focus on the issues
1: do you know what's crazy as well i think on the flip side you want to also recognize that you don't want to um favor somebody irrespective Mm. of the differences if that that makes sense so i guess what you're trying to say about mccain is that he said that he respected obama Mm. even though he recognized there was a you know there were differences in opinions and he wanted to address those fundamental differences yeah but it's very easy for people to because they like a person overlook fundamental differences to the point where they don't go spoken about whatsoever. And I think mm. that is, is, is very important just to address that because people can often even take, for example, the fact that I know personally, I disagree with Obama on certain political stances that, but that's not the same as me disliking him as a person. Yeah. Do, you know I, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's and it's very easy for people to to, to equate the two, um, to force the yeah to force the um, equate a disagreement with dislike. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I think it, I think it was quite important. And I think McCain, like I said, his his life and even just that interaction that you that you read generally seems to be coined by as a man who sought peace consistently in every sphere of life, even though he was a man who recognised that he could have fundamental differences with people. Um, so yeah, man, yeah. 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 He,
0: he 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 was very involved in the planning of his funeral and quite intentionally kept Trump out. Um, <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. And he got, you know, Obama and um, George W. Bush to speak to give the eulogies uh, instead of Trump. The two people who kept him out of the say, White House yeah, the very two he people would rather who have. Him. So he was a man of issues. If I disagreed with you, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. I want to focus on the issues. And he was, clear, even, you know, during his final um, days, weeks, um, while Trump was president, he wasn't as afraid, you know, to speak out against Trump, even as a mm. Republican. And no matter what that did to his Republican um, sensibilities and approval within the mm. the party, he was willing to say no. The issues are what's important. Mm. I don't care if he's a Republican. What he's saying is ridiculous. What he's saying is outlandish. So I want my two Democrats
1: that beat me to speak. Am I do? George Bush was a Republican. Oh, wow. Serious. Oh, yeah, because George, Bush beat... <laughs> Hold on. George yes. Bush beat him in the, the nomination the for Republicans I I in
0: 2000 and Obama beat him in the that. actual presidency. I hear, that. Yeah.
1: I hear that. I hear that. Um, was he bipartisan?
0: It. I think in, he, was, he was, in terms of personal positions, he was very much Republican. But I think in terms of his, um, what's the word, interactions and yeah. uh, methodology, he was bipartisan. He wanted the political system to work as one. Mm. Wearing as as far as possible, um, and he wasn't ready to just like. Oh, even though you know, and this happens a lot in politics, uh, the opposing party does something that actually makes sense, but you have to stay with your party, so you have to publicly disagree. Yeah, the party line, yeah. And 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 um, denounce it, even though in your mind you're like, why? why so you're so, yeah, like, yeah. very black yeah. and
1: white on every issue. Yeah, on like on ninety percent of the issues, unfortunately, but that's but there's so much there's so many gray areas in between and there's so many areas where it's like this doesn't need to be an area of contention yeah
0: um and so he wasn't willing to do that he wasn't to to, he wasn't willing to toe the party line if he agreed with what the democrats did he was gonna say hey you know what this makes sense it makes sense
1: yeah i think
2: um this is an interesting point um that you raise about civility and political discourse um and maybe one even more poignant for believers, because I feel like a lot of people have struggled with the tension of, in that kind of Romans 13 way, honoring the authorities because of the way in which Donald Trump conducts himself mm. and speaks publicly. And so how do you guys think we can navigate that kind of you know, uh, wishing to um, honor those who, Lord, who the Lord has put in charge of us as, as, as people who um, uphold good and renounce evil? Um, but also maintain that clear distinction between our appreciation of different political views hmm. by standing against what we think is divisive or dangerous hmm. rhetoric?
1: Um,
0: Give me or you is? First. Um, I think first I would say as Christians we have to accept that there's a um, sufficient distinction and separation between Christianity as a faith and um, politics as a structure such that we should be, we should accept and know that there will be political differences within the Christian community. Mm. Um, and so mm-hmm. we should in no means associate p- um, particular political positions with orthodoxy. Yeah. Um. I always find this so, this is, I, I, don't, I don't, yeah. So I find it funny when I see you on Twitter or, or social media at large, Um, certain conservative uh, Christian leaders sort of like, especially in this Trump era, sort of saying, you know, the liberal um, democratic sort of agenda is harmful to the Christian faith and we shouldn't want anything to do with socialism or Marxism. And then in the next tweet, they will quote F.B. Meyer, who was a um, Christian pastor leader in Leicester in the UK, who was an outright Labour, like, a dedicated Labour member mm. and a spoken vocal socialist. Um and you have people you don't who quote him and say we support it like what he's saying about Christ or what he's in his sermons are sound and solid, not realizing actually politically he would have disagreed with you so much. Yeah. But that's fine. FP Mayer and I'm trying to think of a really conservative person. A really conservative person, John MacArthur. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. both, I think he would say he even he would agree with what I just said, but they are both Christians. Yeah, I don't think we need to and
2: people worth listening to.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's right. And and I would disagree with both of them at different points. Yeah. But I wouldn't look at either of them and say there's almost a reduced level of sanctification from one particular person, depending on whose side you're on, because they have a different political stance. That shouldn't be so. We need to accept that there's going to be difference politically within the body, Um, which then means the way we interact with politics needs to be um, unique enough that the world sees that, and the world sees okay, these Christians take politics seriously. It's not about Removing ourselves from it, but they acknowledge that the Christian um message has a unique bearing and a prophetic angle that you know speaks critically of both parties but acknowledges the good in both parties. Not to sound like there's only ever the two parties, but you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, that, like yeah. there's a uniqueness where we can approve of certain things across the board and disagree on certain things across the board. Mm. Um, and be an altogether
1: other, you know. Yeah. It, that, was that was that actually addressing your question, or was your question slightly different, different um, in its slant?
2: I think sorry, yeah, I, I think I think he touched on elements of the question, and I think that's helpful nonetheless. Um, because it helps just to create a, a a clear picture in our minds that we shouldn't be so necessarily wedded to a particular party a particular or a party. particular view, etc., yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, that it clouds our judgment on what could actually be good policy. Or yeah. Generally, for for mm, for the, yeah. for the for society's flourishing. Cool, but I guess maybe I was thinking more of those instances where I'm seeing a um, Trump being I'd say a Trump, not even necessarily a Trump supporter, but somebody shutting down somebody who's speaking out against what they consider to be divisive or dangerous rhetoric from Trump, telling another believer you need to honor these authorities because
1: because they're authorities because they're authorities. Yeah, I think I think I think it's a hard one. Mm you want to recognize (laughs) you want to recognize um first and foremost all authorities that exist are from god um and again similar to how we were speaking about the sanctity of life we could also apply to this in the sense that the authority that has been um bestowed to the people is direct uh, to, to those in positions of power has been directly bestowed by god um according to the scriptures and that's that means that when all is said and done in the lord's providence he has placed them there and they have no authority apart from that which he gives yeah um and so when you from the moment you recognize that their their authority is wedded to the fact that God has given it as opposed to the fact that they have earned it um, because they are particularly holy in, in, in some sense or do you mm-hmm. know mean or they possess a per- uh, certain virtue etc then it changes the way you interact with them I guess. For example, I know I've grown up in an area where there's where I've been taught to be very hostile towards police both by the people in the black community generally and also through experience. Um, just by being mishandled, mistreated by police generally, et cetera. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, they are there to bring about justice. You know, I'm not gonna lie, yeah, my heart is shaking as I'm saying it, because I'm thinking through situations even more like even not just when I was young, but even like recently, you know. Um, for example, I just remember a day where I parked up, um, I was driving down my own road. Yeah. And I parked up in front of my house. Um, Dami, were you in the car that day? I was in the car. <laughs> maybe that's why. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, was just, I was parked up before, in front of my house. And I had like, it was it was Dammy, and I think, and I had three other guys in the back of the car. And and so there was five of us. We were all black. Um, the other guys, but yeah, they were, just, they were just black guys, to be honest. And it was like maybe 1am or, or 12 midnight, something like that. And a police car essentially followed me. Like two police cars were parked up in the middle of the road when I arrived. Um, And they moved out of the way to let me through because the road was quite narrow. And then essentially the guy followed me all the way home. And then when I got to my door and I parked up, the guy literally said, what are you doing around here? Do you know what I mean? And it was just like, and it was like, I was like, bruv, I owned a house. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and these guys just literally walked away laughing because all of a sudden it was just like, do you know what? They actually can't, they can't as, as, Un as un just as what they did was, they couldn't actually do anything to me because I wasn't in the wrong. Do you know what I mean? As as incorrect as it was, they followed me essentially because I was a black guy in a in mm. a in a decent area, hmm. um, amongst a set of newballs and that kind of stuff. And it was just hmm. like but prosperity. <laughs> I might cut Continue. this out. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yeah, but it, it makes you, it makes you, it, but, but, and I guess it just takes me back to Romans 13 when it starts talking about right. the fact that um, they don't exist to wield, do you know, to, or is it Peter? When it talks about, they don't exist to ultimately rev, uh, pay good with evil. Do you know what I mean? Like they, mm. they, 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 they exist to wield the sword of righteousness. And I think when you kind of keep that in mind, irrespective of how much, you know, how divisive somebody can be or how um, much of a failure, you know, a particular leader can be. When all is said and done, the authority is still given by God mm-hmm. and we don't serve them because of um, how good they behave or how holy they are, but, or because of, they've earned our respect in and of itself, but because God ultimately bestows, uh, Authority on, on them, them. Yeah. Um, and you know Peter does talk about the fact that when you do suffer for doing good, count it all joy, ultimately hmm. because the Lord rewards you. You know, hmm. um, that will preach. Yeah. So it's a difficult one. It is a difficult one because I do appreciate there are hard times. Uh, there can be very hard times to to honor authorities. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, there can be hard times when it comes to dealing with authorities sometimes. Sailor.
0: Say <laughs> mm, mm. a was appropriate man. And so with that Looking at Aretha Fr- Franklin's funeral from Friday And John McCain's on Saturday And just thinking more about who they were as persons And what they did The kinds of um, work they left for us To admire and to emulate has really got us uh, really got me thinking And I think for us as a point of conversation The importance of leaving a legacy mm. And so just to throw that out there, um, what does it mean to leave a legacy?
1: I guess it's just really something that you leave behind, right? Mm. Yeah, something that's left behind um after you're gone. I guess it I guess it really captures the um the works of a person, the impact had um mm. by the person. It doesn't necessarily have to be a physical thing. You know, a legacy could be a company, a legacy could be you know, the the kind of values you've instilled um mm. in a person. And I guess so, so it all comes down to ultimately um stocks and virtues. <laughs> <laughs> I guess to flip it, it's almost what we inherit from the person or mm. what somebody has inherited. Can it
0: can it can it be negative? So did Hitler leave,
1: leave a legacy? A negative legacy. Can you leave behind rubbish? Can Fair. you leave behind debt? Ooh, you can, you can. These things are yeah, these, yeah, yeah, things, yeah, these yeah, real yeah, Things yeah, you can, yeah. um, and so and so, you, something can tarnish hmm. one's legacy. Hmm. Um, yeah, you can leave behind a negative le- legacy. Obviously, we've seen that these two have left behind, you know, right. outstanding legacies yes. in many regards. So, yes. and that's a and that's a wonderful thing. Um, but yeah, somebody can leave behind a a negative legacy. You can leave behind a huge material legacy you can leave behind a, a largely just generally impact impactful legacy or uh, you know it is what it is how many adjectives do you want do you? <laughs> um so to to to
0: bounce off of that what kind of legacy then should we or should we aspire to
1: leave um i know you I don't mean, want me to say a negative legacy so
0: n- no pre- <laughs>
1: pre- precisely what, what we so
0: okay We want, yes, we saw that that's that's actually very correct. We want to leave a positive legacy, a a beneficial legacy, but in terms of the the details of that legacy, so you mentioned, for example, legacy can extend from anything between stocks and a company to virtues. So, do we want both? Should we aspire to leave? Um, I don't
2: mind some property, so Israel, remember me in your will. Can you imagine <laughs> Can you <laughs> of all people yo people
0: if you understood the dynamic and the difference between Dami and oh, I shut up. you'd understand the deepness <laughs> of the irony of that I'm sort it, of I'm statement? Said, oh shut up.
2: <laughs> wow. Oh, sorry, go to go, your question. Yeah,
0: so would it be stocks and physical land, property, real estate, or are we saying just virtues and money don't matter a bit, kind of thing? What kind of legacy?
1: Mm. The proverbs I know constantly talks about storing up um, treasures that uh, I think the fool stores up treasures and knows not who will gather it. Things of that kind of ilk. But mm. um, the wise man, up. what does the wise man do? Israel
0: leave an inheritance for his children. Children, there, children. There yeah, there we go. So I don't <laughs> think I don't
1: think it's I don't think it's a bad thing to leave, uh, to, leave to 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 seek um, some sort of material. Mm. Possession to pass down Or possessions to pass down To your children Hmm. Um, But I think it is important To recognize That's not the most important thing You can leave behind Um, A man who ultimately For example Works his socks off But never spends time With his family Hmm. And so his daughter Only knows him As dad the great doctor For example Hmm. um, Who earns all this money um, But never actually Sees us You know That's In one sense One sense Um could be a tarnished legacy yeah um, Yeah, it, it could be it could be a tarnished legacy or at least at least the lack of time spent with his children the lack of in virtue imparted to his children yeah. those kind of things could be seen as a tarnished legacy yeah um,
2: yeah. I think bouncing off from your point about the proverbs when we're dealing with physical legacy so i.e. material goods as well I guess a legacy looking at particularly from a Christian vantage point um, a legacy of godliness you know in proverbs is talking about training up a training up a child in the way they should go so that they will never depart from it. Mm. So if if you've demonstrated throughout your life and the time that you've been in your child's life, a desire to know and serve the Lord, um, that's certainly a legacy that can be left for your family and one that you hope by God's grace that they would um, see and aspire to replicate in their own lives and in the lives of people around them. Mm. Um, so I think that's another kind of indication we get about leaving a legacy um, as whether you're a parent, particularly if you're a parent, but I guess for individuals as well. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. What did you think uh, legacy means? Or, or- um, yeah, I,
0: I definitely would extend both of your thoughts in terms of saying that it needs to be in, in, in a degree comprehensive, um, ideally. And we want to leave a legacy of virtue. We want to leave a legacy of... Um, Desire, I, I say this, when I say desire, I should probably explain what that, that bit more. Um, desire in a sense of an actual conviction, leaving conviction of what is the ideal for humanity. Um, so at its, at its root, that looks like a gospel legacy. Um, and then drawing out of that root, the, 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 the trunk and the branches and the leaves, what that will encompass is, um, an outspoken, um, Desire to see humanity progress, to see um, social ills addressed, to see, as James said, um, the orphan and the widow looked after um, as, as, a, as an exemplar of pure religion. Mm. Um, to, yeah, to, to show what the gospel says to the person, to the world and to everything in it. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm so for, I'm so down for physical legacy as well. <laughs> Listen, we um, know, <laughs> <laughs> we know, property,
1: real estate, um, do you know compound it, interest? You know, give me, give it like, every, give me. I, I feel like, I feel like Israel is the type to ultimately say, you know, and Black Berea wants to leave a legacy <laughs> and. You can help us leave that legacy (laughs) (laughs) by (laughs) donating. That is so Israel. My goodness, I won't fight it. (laughs) My goodness, but no, I think I think you made a good point, and I I think there's something that we don't want to miss, and I don't, and I hope isn't missed as 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 myself and Dami spoke. Um, When we talk about virtue and those kind of things, we're Mm. particularly um, speaking about you know virtues, the virtues of faith, the virtues Mm. that that stem that 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 reside within the Christian reality. Um, and the virtues that really ultimately birthed out of the fruit of the spirit, um, you know it, and and so yeah, I think it's very fitting the analogy of the tree, um, beginning with the roots, etc., etc. You know, if you can instill that the gospel, particularly within your children, hopefully, and you instill it correctly, a proper view of the gospel hmm. from there, out of that births, um, you know, a person's view on um, what justice looks like in the world, and a person's view of. Um, a good work ethic kind of person's Mm. view on you know on how high they can aspire in and in the world and all those kind of things and 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 what the greatest impact they can leave behind in the world etc etc so i think i think that's a very important point to make
0: yeah yeah um and so just to wrap it up um what's one thing we want to take away from the legacies of either aretha franklin or I've, I've got um,
1: one small question after this, but yeah, you go. John on.
0: McCain, we can say one thing each and then you can ask your question. So I want to really just say, um, from Aretha Franklin, um, using whatever gifts God has given you to advance the cause of people and other people. Um, so Aretha Franklin wasn't just content with her music and making her money and mm. getting her name out there, but she said, I have a platform and I'm going to use it to, to speak out about the issues that are affecting my community. And so being willing to see your platform used um, for the glory of God, through the um, addressing of the needs of His people and His creation.
1: I I think for me, just thinking about this very briefly, I think something that I take away probably from both of them is just the fact that man and women are really men and women are really made in the image of God. Hmm. Um, I think that's such an important thing. Right be- before, I I think as Al Sharpton said before. The term feminism was coined, right? You know, Aretha was a feminist, for example, in the sense, and 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 at the very least, you know, when we saw and we hear about her, her works with regards to like the civil rights movement, all that kind of stuff, we see the transcript that you that you mentioned about um about John McCain as well, right. you know, and his and when somebody tried to disrespect uh, Barack Obama, it's President Barack Obama, it's mm. all of a sudden you kind of see that for both of them something that stood out to be very important and and. And was at the center of both of their worlds and their mindsets was just that, you know, life is sacred. Hmm. Every man and woman's life is Hmm. sacred. Um, and they're sacred intrinsically. And therefore we ought not to disrespect the person who is also made in the image of God like me. You know, Hmm. ontologically we're on the same level. Um, we're image bearers who are reflective, who should be reflective of God's characteristics. Um, and so even if they might not have appreciated it I don't know to what extent they both appreciated that reality mentally yeah, mentally, yeah, yeah. yeah cognitively speaking right. or, or how well they were able to articulate it but at the very least practically they, exemplified it, yeah. they exemplify that yeah, co- um, yeah. consistently in their lifestyles mm. which is quite important for mm. me Dami um,
2: I guess yeah I'll having you having spoken about Arifa and you kind of touched on the both of them Um, I'll refer back to the point about um, civility in discourse, not just purely political, but just generally where you disagree with people, Mm. um, being prepared to come to the table and have meaningful conversations where you engage with the points and not just um, deal personally um, as opposed to dealing with the issues Mm. Um, and being prepared to, where possible, if middle ground or common ground can be reached, um, Aim to achieve those goals rather than, you know, um, hanging on desperately um, to achieve some political agenda, Hmm. um, being prepared to compromise so that there is ultimately uh, greater benefit for society or some smaller group of people. Um, But that doesn't also mean, you know, not having um, principles, because that's one of the things I've realized about John McCain. He was a very principled man very And principled. so I think it demonstrates That there are some things You can just not compromise You mm-hmm. can't give in to um, but, but where it was possible for, for some common ground Or middle ground to be reached He was very prepared To, to meet at the table and, and talk
1: That's good man uh, That's fantastic And I guess just to wrap up on uh, As a final question uh, What's your favourite Aretha song? <laughs> R-E-S-P-E-C-T
2: That was back to yours Didn't it Rich? nah no, man alright cool fair enough my my favourite Arifa song to be fair is actually a cover um, mm. but it's called Ridge Over Troubled Water make sure you go listen to that tonight hmm. because
1: listen that thing is horrible hmm. actually mine was I Say A Little Prayer
2: oh Ooh, tried I, say it. I say <laughs> a prayer for you. and on that note <laughs> guys thank you for listening right, yeah, 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 cheers yeah, guys yeah. Yeah.